1: Some of the best music going. That means we are with another episode of Planet Forward. Mike Sauter doing this whole state finals thing, traveling around the state covering volleyball. Golf. golf, Girls golf, yep. Uh, you had softball. Softball, yeah. He's been busy. Uh, we get Dirk Chatland this week. Dirk, man, good afternoon. We appreciate your time.
2: Clearly, those tough questions, asking the tough questions, getting difficult answers back, that you came out on the other end of that. Do you think you've gotten more respect from coaches or people you've interviewed because you've asked that tough question and you've had battles with people publicly that you, you know, Pelini, for example, or coaches that you've asked tough questions of, but at the end of the day, I bet if you called Bo Pelini today, he may or may not answer, but Uh. you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, um, I, I think you, I guess the question is, do you feel like you gain more respect, one, as a journalist, two, just as a friend or, or, or a, a an individual, by asking that tough question, do you feel like you get more respect from the subject you're asking those tough questions to?
0: 100%. Yeah. Um, I – Polini – Polini answered my questions and would talk to me in the hallway and, you know, give me 10 minutes when I needed 10 minutes because he respected that I was, that that I was asking, you know, tough questions that I was asking questions that other people weren't. So Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. Um, I think that's, that's a a very good point, Mike. It's like, you know, a lot of times the people who, who these coaches and players, um, you know, it's almost like they're challenged by it. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So,
0: um i think that's that's an important component and i you know there's by the way i'm not doing this with scott frost right now i mean i i i would say probably at the end of the riley era maybe a little bit before that i just i kind of stopped covering the daily press conference Mm, churn. um i i've uh tried to do some different things and you know try to work on some different things and Um, so I, I actually prefer the way that I was doing it in the pointy era where, where I was, where I was covering the program day after day, after day, almost. Um, and if he, you know, if he wanted to yell at me, he could yell at me. I don't have as much face-to-face interaction with Scott Frost as I did, uh, with Bo. Um, and, you know, so from that standpoint, I'm maybe a little bit more reluctant to ask Scott something hard or to write something hard, because I don't see him every day, you know, or I don't see him three times a week. God, so, that
1: is admirable. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I think, well, I don't know if it's admirable, but, but I do think. Well, that, I
1: feel like you're basically saying, I want those guys to know, Hey, listen, I put in the time watching and evaluating. I'm not just popping in to make right. your life miserable.
2: Right.
0: No, that's, that's a, that's an important point. And I, and I would ask anybody who's super critical in media. One of the first questions that I would ask is, you know, are you are you available for the coaches to yell at if they want to? Mm. Uh, you know, that's, that sort of goes back to the foundation, right? And right. Mike, you know this very well, being around it as much as you are. Um, you've got to be available for them to be upset at. You mm-hmm. can't just be somebody sitting in the back of the room, you know, firing spitballs. Um, So, so I think that kind of goes back, you know, that's a lesson that goes back to, you know, way, way back. I mean, and and Lee Barfneck would always talk about that too. You know, if you're going to write a a critical piece, you know, you you really need to be there the next day um, sitting in the front row where if they want to, if they (laughs) want to be mad at you, they can. Um, So I think, I think that's an important part of this too, is just kind of the accountability the accountability as a, as a journalist, as a commentator, as a reporter, whatever uh, to, to show up. And again, I regret that a little bit these days because I'm just not around as much with Scott as I was before. And I, and I think I'm not as critical with Scott either. And maybe those two things are related. Um, I just, I don't feel as comfortable being as critical um, when I'm not, when I don't know the program inside the way that I did 10 years ago.
2: Who do you point to as a mentor or mentors that you look to for guidance?
0: Well, um, you know, Mike, this will not surprise you, but <laughs> I mean, Sam, Sam is probably, Yeah. people have no, maybe, maybe they do, but like that guy is freaking ridiculous i mean yeah. he's just like
1: i agree yeah
0: his talent is so far beyond what people understand
1: um i agree
0: just in terms of in, in terms and really it's, it's as much about it's as much about how prolific as he is as anything else i mean he he, he just he just doesn't stop mm. but it's also it's also like the the just the little things i'll give you a really small example and this is maybe you have to be a a sports writer to under to to appreciate this but i don't think so um we are the michigan deadline was really really tight uh that game was super long we had like a ten forty five deadline sam's in charge of writing the um the The deadline game story, you know, that has to be in, and it's 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 the most important story that we'll write that night. And he's got about twenty minutes to write it. And and you know, Nebraska lost a close game. Uh, everybody wants to know what Scott Frost thinks. We don't have time to go down to the press conference, so we're actually listening to it from from the Memorial Stadium press box. And the feed from the press box to the press conference doesn't work, Ooh. so we're not getting it like we're, we're 15 20 minutes to the deadline he's got another 600 words to write and he can't get scott frost on he's he's he can't get scott frost comments uh for a story that oh by the way probably a hundred thousand people are going to read in about 12 hours right. and it's like the you learn a lot about somebody in a situation like that like the poise uh, how, how he handled that, like how, okay, you know, I got to try this length. Okay. I got to restart my internet connection, all this crap that you have to do. Uh, and if, if you start thinking about the fact that hundred thousand people are going to read your story in 12 hours and they're going to wonder where Scott Frost quotes are, if you don't have them, uh, then you, you'll almost, you know, break down psychologically. And and I just, those are the little things that, that really kind of separate great journalists from good journalists. And, um, so, so to answer your question, Sam is probably number one. Uh, you know, Lee and Tom have, have been good mentors over the years.
1: Lee is um, arguably he, maybe my favorite of the elder statesmen. He he was so firm but fair, and I felt like he was ridiculously smart. He, I don't know if calculated is the word, but he just didn't waste a lot of energy or verbiage that wasn't necessary.
0: Yeah, no. and, And I've learned that from Lee, um, that, that being, being concise is really important. And it's almost like, I'll tell you one thing that I have learned very clearly. If you write something in a column or a story that is weak, Uh, people will will jump on that weak sentence that word choice (laughs) that whatever and they will they will base their criticism on the weak link right um so and this this will be true with you guys too i mean you know damon if if you're criticizing a a coaching performance and and you you know you say something during a, a 10 minute rant that maybe you shouldn't have said, or maybe you should have omitted.
1: Yeah, they'll get the sixty seconds. man. Yeah. it's crazy.
0: People will disagree with that. They'll they will disqualify everything else that you said, and they will seize on the weak part of your of your criticism no or question. your analysis. And they and and it will it will disqualify everything else that you said. No question. And it's it's that's that's really true of column writing too. Uh, so so from Lee, I think in part. I have learned that, uh, you got to be so efficient. You got to be so concise. You got to be so committed to everything that you're, you know, that you're saying, uh, because if you throw something in there that isn't quite solid or, or that you don't have the evidence for, um, suddenly, suddenly that becomes the sort of the inadvertent headline or takeaway from the whole thing that you're doing. And, and, uh, you really just want everything to be solid. I mean, I, I tell Josh Peterson this all the time. I say, you know, your criticism has to be based in evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be based in fact. Uh, if you start wavering, if you start going down a road that, that isn't solid, suddenly uh, people, you know, they, they jump on that, right? You just, you got to be fighting the battle on your terms, and and it's uh it's true in journal it's true in newspapers and it's 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 maybe even more true in radio
2: speaking of concise that one time that you edited a, a real long story that i thought was really long the omaha central basketball story I turned it into Dirk. He was edit. He edited it. True story. Well, that's
1: good because
2: Mike can't write,
1: so that's fantastic, Dirk. That you that you
2: helped Mike out, man. It was eleven thousand, like five hundred words. He cut that thing down to like thirty five (laughs) hundred. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I have a reputation for writing really long, but I cut the hell out of stuff. You just have no idea. You guys have no idea how many words I actually cut
2: out of the stuff that I write. Uh, that was—you made me look a lot smarter, hey,
1: Dirk. I'm gonna try to get you out of here on this because we're gonna have to cut this in the two parts, which, is which, is, which is fine, because it's it's captivating. Because there's a lot of life in here. Sutter and I did an episode. It was on a humbug, just kind of happened on a whim, which is when a lot of the good stuff happens. We were talking about people that have had impacts in our lives, and we were talking about legacies and and dads and families and stuff. And between the two of us, our dads played vastly different roles growing up, but had equal amounts of impact. He wanted to be the antithesis of his dad, I'm growing into where I want to be more like mine. Being a dad, being at home, being a father, I see you at sporting events now for hoops. Has it changed you, softened you, given you a different sort of perspective on how you cover sports with your role in the community? Because you're much more visible now, at least in, in in our circles, in our worlds, and kind of accessible, almost more so than than maybe some of the stuff you write. That does looking at your kiddos. Does that has that changed your vantage point?
0: That's a very good question, Damon. Uh, and I don't I don't know if I know specifically the answer to that. Um, I think. I think that in some ways it, 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 you recognize your vulnerability and sort of your, um, sort of the fragile nature, uh, that you can, that you can hide a little bit more when you're not a parent. Mm. Um, Mm, mm, mm,
1: mm.
0: you know, it's, um, I mean, I'll just be honest. My worst, some of my worst moments as a person right now, um, or as a parent, you know, it's like, why did I say that? Why did I lose my stuff there? Why did I, why did I get into a 15 minute argument with my eight year old daughter? You know, (laughs) um, why, you know, like why, why after that game, why did I jump on my son? You know, not like tear him apart, but why did I say what I said? You
1: know,
0: it's like, I made it, I made that sort of about me as opposed to about him. Um, I made it about my ego as opposed to, you know, his fun. Um, so I think it what it really does is it just kind of lays bare your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities. Um, wow. I think parenting is, is I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm going through a time right now with my daughter. She's eight and we are like, almost getting into a knockdown drag out every single day and it's like man like this is not reflecting well on me as a person like Mm. i i have to change this i have to fix this this is not sustainable we can't be doing this for the next 10 years because if we do you know we're not going to have any relationship at all um now, how does that translate into writing and covering something? I think what it probably does is I think the more that you are in touch with your vulnerabilities as a person, um, the, the, greater, the greater grace and empathy you have for, for vulnerabilities in others, um, which is why I think you know, parenting, parenting, is, parenting is a really good character test, right? Um,
1: or revealer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and again, I say that with humility because I'll be honest with you. I am probably a worse parent than I thought I was going to be 10 years ago. Um, my, my parent, I had a, I had really good relationships with my parents. Um, I've got, you know, I've got two sons and a daughter and they're just a little bit too close together. They, they fight a little bit more than I expected them to. I don't have quite the patience form that I expected that I would 10 years ago when I got into this. Like, it's just, it's probably not going quite as well as I thought it would. And I think it probably there, there's probably a connection from that into covering something in other people and recognizing that, okay, this doesn't always go the way it's supposed to go. Right. Mm, <laughs> um, I mean, in covering, beautiful. in covering Scott Frost program, for instance, like, part of me is like, man, how the hell did you let it get to this point? Like, this is not going well. How did you not understand that you weren't going to be able to run that offense in the big 10? How did you not, you know, with all of your pedigree, how are you still struggling with the littlest things? And yet subconsciously there's part of me that maybe takes it a little bit easier understanding that, you know what? I, I'm not doing so well in parts of my life either. Mm. Um, So, so I think maybe it just adds to your patience and grace and empathy a little bit. Um, Not, not so much making you soft, I don't think, but just that there is a, uh, I think as you get older, there is a, you come to an understanding or recognition that even when things are going well, there's parts of it that aren't going well when, even when things are, you know, healthy in a marriage or a friendship or whatever, it's still not quite what you envision that it would be. And, and there's a lot more failure in life than there is, than there is success. Um, and so I think that that needs to probably translate into how we cover sports.
2: <laughs> I was going to, I was going to change gears. Uh, you, know. Do you want a Kleenex? <laughs> no, like, no,
1: yeah. okay. So Can I ask, let me, do you want, let me just ask one more thing. Okay, so, DC, I had a, just this, a feeling you have some of this in you, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can glean bits of of, um, information, like when you talk to me, or we'll talk about a story, and you'll say some things, and I'm like, there's a lot of depth in there. Like, I I can just tell... um, I don't. There's a lot in there that is captivating. Did it take writing or parenting to exercise that growth muscle, or was it both? I
0: don't know. I, I you know, I always kind of, I always laugh because I, you know, I, I'll ask, I'll ask someone to sort of self-diagnose themselves or reflect on themselves and you know, what did you learn through this process? And the reality is, I don't, I don't know how we know that. <laughs> I don't really,
1: you know. What Self-inventory, I mean? like, like that's hard.
0: Yeah, it's really hard, especially when you're not in therapy and I'm not. So um, I, I think that I probably, I probably have learned a lot in, in writing about others. Um, you know, not so much covering press conferences every day or what, something like that, but more like the sort of the human interest stories that I've done. Um, you know, I learned a lot in, in 24th and glory that I probably subconsciously maybe more than consciously. Um, but, but I do, I do think that, um, you know, I probably have some, some, uh um, you know, sort of depressive characteristics. Um, maybe a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a glass half-empty person, um, and I think that the I think the longer you live, Damon, <laughs> it's is we talk about this in church a lot, or, or the pastor talks about it in church. You know, the this idea that you know we we spend most of our lives. Telling ourselves, oh, this is what I'm gonna be when I grow up, or this is what I'm gonna be when I mature, or this is what I'm gonna be when I evolve and change. And the reality is it's like, this is basically what you are. <laughs> this is what it is, right? <laughs> and I think, I think that's one, that's one thing that you learn about coaching too and players is it's like they don't change much, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what you see in year four is basically what they are in year four, um, and but I think just self-diagnosing, you know, I think when you get to 40 years old and you still see all these things about yourself that you would change if you could. Um, again, I think maybe that's parenting, maybe it's it's just sort of the aging process, but uh, you you do kind of learn to live with vulnerability and weakness and regret in some ways i mean i'm not someone who's i I haven't i haven't been fired i haven't you know i haven't um i haven't committed anything that that is uh that that is is not something that i could take back um it's nothing serious like that but it's just kind of the um It's just kind of a living with yourself and who you are uh, in, in ways that you're not super crazy about in ways that at 25, you might've been able to tell yourself, I'm not going to be like that when I'm 40. And then at your, at 40, you're like, shit, I'm still like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think
0: think (laughs) as you grow, as you get older, you just sort of have to come to grips with the fact that it's not going to work out exactly how you thought it was going to work out. Mm. And, and that's freaking hard, but there's also some wisdom in that. Right.
1: Yeah, That is amazing because the catalyst for me was when, when my ex-wife told me Dirk and she said, this is why I, I always gravitate towards you. Right. I, all these, your human interest pieces, I'll always text you and I'm like, dude, this is your wheelhouse, right? Because it, it always hits me different and I try not to cry and, and be all, you know, emotional, but they're just sometimes you'll come out with these pieces and I'm like, I'm with you because I remember she told me when she wanted to leave, she said, I asked her why and she said, my greatest fear is that in 10 years you'll still be like this yeah. and i don't want that and i just was like you know what i i got to i got to do something different yeah. right like it's just weird to hear you say that because i couldn't agree with you more cuz it's hard to find out on your own usually well, if- something has to happen
0: and it's it's so hard to change, and yet, you know. Again, let's go back to this example. My daughter, who again we are struggling right now. She's in third grade. She's she's got a hard headed personality. Um, it's not just spunk. It's like uh-huh. there's, you know, it's more than that. And yeah. and we're not getting along. And I'm like, God dang it, like, you know what, what is this going to look like in five or seven years? Like I got to freaking get this under control. And, and Damon, it's hard because time becomes the enemy, right? It's like, mm-hmm. um, it's working against you and it's, it's so hard to change. And the older you get, the harder it is to change. And, and at the same time, it's like, you know, especially from a parenting standpoint or as a spouse, it's just like, um, it's like, I'm losing time here. I'm spinning my wheels in terms of being able to make positive change. And I don't mean to turn this into a therapy session, but it's It's just fantastic, man. This is
1: part of why
2: we want to, this is what
0: it's just, it's again, it kind of comes back to the point of, it doesn't always, it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. Right. And it's like, you have to, you have to somehow interrupt it and change it. Um, even as it gets harder to do that as you get older. And, and I did, I just, I wish I had it figured out, uh, but it, you know, going back to the sports angle, I do think it gives you, um, um, I, I think there's just not very many dream scenarios, you know, it just doesn't work out like you think it's going to work out a lot of times. And so you kind of have to cover sports and talk about the world, knowing that it's imperfect, knowing that, people will let you
1: down. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Knowing that people will let you down, knowing that it's covered in, in, uh, in regret and, you know, in, in sin, if you want to take it from a spiritual perspective. Um, but it's just, it's sort of, it's figuring out a way to endure in that. And I think, um, some of my favorite sports stories and some of the favorite people that I've covered are people who, um, who have sort of figured out how to overcome their imperfect situation. Right. Like I, for whatever reason, I just feel this, like, I feel this, this kinship with Alex Gordon, because like that guy was screwed. Right. Like he was done and and he figured it out. Right. It's like, and I don't know Alex Gordon. I mean, I know him, I've interviewed him a dozen times and I, I, you know, we would, shake hands and say hi but but I don't know him deeply but I just I have such great admiration for people who can kind of figure it out as they go because I just and, and sort of transform who they are as they go because I just I as I live life I know how hard that is to do
2: okay short one before I let you out here. promise this what, is it yeah, promise yeah, this yeah. is it Dirk promise What's-
0: What's the, the, f- the Dragons? Are you gonna ask me about the no, Dragons? No, no. no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not they, sitting here. Not they got, got my full attention, man. <laughs> we were
1: trying to stay away from sports. Is, that is a well-coached team.
2: Is what's the future of uh, sports journalism? What does it look like in five, 10, 20 years?
0: Well, I think there's always gonna be a, a real important local element of it. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike, what what you are able to do. And Damon, one reason that you're as good at what you do as you are is not because you have something eloquent to say about the Philadelphia Flyers. It's because you are covering it on a neighborhood level, right? Uh, you are giving people something that they can't get somewhere else. Mm. And, and I think that will always be a driving force um, for for people, uh, for consumers. Um, you know, I'm concerned about the the speed of the news cycle i'm concerned about you know sort of the 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 mean spiritedness of of you know the conversation but that's not that's not just a sports thing i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's true of of our country um but you know i I think sports (laughs) sports is probably more valuable as a distraction now than than it has ever been in some ways. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to sort of laugh at this idea that sports is an escape and all well the last the last two or three years have proven that, you know, have confirmed that that uh, people, very serious people tune into uh, to to sports in part because they can't they don't want to think about the other stuff. Um, so I think from that standpoint, sports is on really solid ground. Um, I'm a little bit worried, Mike, about just the PR element of it. I think that, that it's become much more, um, kind of promoting, promoting it rather than covering it. Um, you know, I I still think there's a really important element of, of of kind of the 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 watchdog journalism stuff that is that gets harder to do all the time um and then the the other thing that i you guys we could do a whole nother podcast about (laughs) this and maybe maybe we could someday is just the the youth sports element of this is just
2: for sure yeah
1: that it's it's unreal i said i wasn't gonna do it dc and
0: and I'm not saying it's, I'm, knee I'm, not, deep. I'm not saying it's entirely negative, but, uh, but it is just like, I would say maybe the number one thing that's changed in 20 years is just what is happening, you know, mm-hmm. under the age of 14 or 15. I no mean, question. it's just, it's not no even, it's not even on the same planet as uh, when we grew up yep, yep. um and i think maybe that is changing sports and will change sports uh, sports as much as anything else
1: you're amazing man uh <laughs> i i am uh, serious like i i'm not speechless a ton but um oh.
0: Stop it. <laughs> hey, you, you're so full of crap. You, uh, you, you, say, you say more profound things in a five-minute radio segment than I just did in the
1: last hour. Dirk, but there's, <laughs> it's just very few times where I'm like, you know, like moved to emotion. Emotional, right? Yeah, like I, yeah. I, there are a couple of things I wasn't even going to say. Yeah. Right? Like I wasn't going to go there. It's just you just kind of make it okay as a safe place to say, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm with you. The ability to be vulnerable is about the only time you're going to get growth. Yeah. And so when you went there, it's just like,
2: well, yeah. you
1: know what? I got a couple more questions.
2: <laughs> so, I, got, I, got, I got a three hour drive ahead of me. <laughs> now and I, now like, I'm going to do a bunch of self-reflection.
1: It's just, uh, <laughs> I just appreciate the candor and the honesty mm-hmm. and the ability to kind of piece it together, man. It, um,
0: I had a really good conversation with, with, a, with a journalism professor uh, of mine, sort of my mentor, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and he just said, he said something really important that I think applies to me. I think it applies to, to anybody. Uh, he said, you know, you're always going to have half a dozen balls in the air. Uh, you always got to know what, which ball has number one on it, mm. right? Which the, the, the one that you can't let drop. You can let the other ones drop. You can't let this one drop. Um, and I think that becomes really, really important, uh, as, as we get older, as our kids get older, um, you know, I, I've, I say yes to things that I shouldn't say yes to. I know you guys do too. And it's just like, man, you, you, you can't, you can't sacrifice the main thing, right? The main thing has to be the main thing, whatever, whatever it is in your life, uh, that has to be, um, you know, and, and frankly, for me, it's, it's, I got to do a better job as a parent, you know? I mean, that's probably the biggest thing right now is I just like, uh, I have got to be more focused on that than I probably have been over the last 10 years. And, and I think that maybe that's true for, you know, for a lot of other people too, but, uh, the, the, that, that ball with the number one on it, you can't drop that one.
1: DC. We're gonna catch up because there's gonna be a part. Actually, this will be parts one and two. There'll probably be a four, five, and six, man. (laughs) Unbelievable, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah. All right. Take care, you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Without question, one of um, that may go to number one. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And and we talked to Doctor Chatters, and that was deep. But just ability, his ability to kind of weave real life with sports.
2: That's why we like playing it forward. Yeah. And I I would tell you, like, he's ridiculously honest. We've talked about my, my, you know, relationship with my dad and everything. And when he started talking about how he's struggling and then I'm like, wait, I'm doing the same shit that my dad did, not physical part, but flying off the handle, yelling for like, when you look back, no reason. And I'm like that. I mean, that hit me. I was like, I gotta, I gotta change this.
1: We're going to get this broken down into two segments. He's fantastic, but he didn't disappoint. No. That's my man Cam. I like to call him Cam Bam. Some of you fine folks call him KB. He's on the ones and twos. That's my man Mike Sauter. We'll be back. We'll break this up into two segments. Uh, It's playing it forward. Shame on you if you're not subscribing, but uh, we'll get these two up and ready. Special thanks to Jerk Chatlin. We'll be back next week. It's playing it forward.
2: A Huda Media Production.